Awesome. Yeah. Good job, ladies. It's exciting. Well, good morning. Glad you're here on the first Sunday of the new year. So um, let's keep this streak going. Amen? <laughs> uh, well, today we're kicking off our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We call it Revival 21 here at Grace. And it's a time of year where we just, we just set up ourselves apart to ask the Lord to really work on our hearts, help us develop just a hunger for him, and, uh, and to really seek after his guidance for the new year. And that's what we're doing here. That's what we're part of. So if you're new to our community, then I want to I wanna ask you to join in, be part of this. And we're, uh, I figured since today is our kickoff, I thought that the perfect subject matter would be fasting, that we're going to talk about uh, what is a fast and how do you fast and why should I fast? Because I'm sure that's what you're thinking right now, right? Um, but I'm, I, I want to I clarify some things. Um, I want, I want to get you to understand really the purpose of why I would call our church to a season of fasting and praying. So I, I really believe that, that God's going to do a lot this year, and this is, a, this is a critical moment in the life of our church. And so we're going to start it here and now. Now, I'm not sure which biblical author coined the word fast, because if you've ever did a fast, you know that uh, when you do a fast, it should be called a slow, because there's nothing fast about a fast. <laughs> Those days just seem long, and, you know, it, it can get hard. And, and I think that even when you hear about it, you know, you're just going like, oh, man, here we go. But, it, but, it, but it's good. You know, I've been talking about this for months with my staff. And this week, uh, one of my staff members sent me this text up here. <clears throat> oh, man. Love. <laughs> yeah, I love Baby Yoda. Uh, but uh, yeah, I know, like you guys have been hearing me talk about it. I'm, I'm really pumped. I'm really excited. And uh, if you just give me the chance today to just really talk about this subject and just, you know, help us to get in the right frame of mind and have an open heart, uh, I believe God's going to do really, really good stuff. Well, see, the thing about fasting is that fasting is a spiritual discipline that is throughout the whole entire Bible. I mean, we see it talked about through Scripture. Uh, we know that for thousands of years, Believers, God's people, they would practice this, uh, this spiritual discipline of fasting. I think the fasting is a bit misunderstood. And I think, unfortunately, because of that, I, I, and I also think that because of that, uh, a lot of people, they don't make it a priority in their spiritual walk. I see that a lot today. And my hope is that today that God will give you a new heart for it. He, it will shine a new light because I believe that there are many benefits of fasting. I believe that this is something that's going to help you. So let's talk about fast. Where, where do we get that? Well, in the Bible, it's very clear that there's, there's moments of times where God would call his people to fast, that there would be times where leaders, spiritual leaders, would, would call a fast with a group of people. Um, when they would fast, there was different types of fast. There was the absolute fast, and that's when you would have no food, no water for a short amount of time. So what we see in the Bible is probably one or two days. Then there was a normal fast where somebody would abstain from food but have water a little longer. And then there was a partial fast, was an extended fast, where people would allow some food and some liquids. There's, there's different kinds of fasts, and you can do some research. We actually have some resources here for you so you can learn about different types of fasts. But really, I want to simplify by giving you a definition here. Fasting is simply this. It's refraining from an appetite for a specific time for a spiritual purpose. 
Let me say that one more time. Refraining from an appetite for a specific time for a spiritual purpose. So this could mean anything from food or types of food to Facebook or Instagram, right? I mean, some of us, that, that's probably where God's going to call us to do, is to cut out some of the social media stuff, some of the, so that, that's hard. I, when I talk to people nowadays, it seems like that's harder to do than to do a food fast. It's crazy, huh? I heard a statistic today, or this week, that said that the average person touches their phone 2,617 times a day. <laughs> the people that are a little more extreme, that top 10%, they touch their phone 5,400 times a day. So yeah, if that's, if that's convicting you, then you should listen to that, right? <laughs> but fasting is when you, when you intentionally cut something out and you replace it with spending more time with God. I mean, this is not just a Christian diet plan. Like, you're supposed to fill that time with spending time in the Word of God, spending time in prayer. It's being intentional with that time. It's you saying, that, man, my, my desire to grow in God is, is, is stronger than my craving of what this thing that I want to do. That's why fasting is, is so hard to practice. That's why so many Christians opt out of this practice, but they're, they're missing out. But I want you to know this morning that if you're really a little reluctant or if you've never done this before, I want, I want you to just take a deep breath, okay? I want you to listen this morning. I want you to, to take this in and listen, and, and then we're going to have a moment to respond to the Lord and just say, God, what kind of fast do you want me to do? But I believe this. I believe that when we set ourselves apart, when we take some time to seek his heart, I believe that God always shows up. I believe that God said in his word that if we seek him with all of our heart, that he will come, that he will show himself, and he will reveal himself in a greater way. And I just believe that if you're part of this, if you've never done this, I say, test this, test the word of God, and allow him to move in your heart. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I know that you are already moving in people's hearts. God, we pray that you would continue to, to have your way in every heart. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your holy word. Help me, God, to be able to teach it and preach it the way you've called me to do today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Jesus, Jesus taught on fasting. This is uh, something that he was okay and not shy about talking about. Jesus, when he talked about fasting, he talked about it being an essential part of a believer's life. When he taught on fasting, he didn't say if you fast, he said when you fast. When you fast, this is how you ought to do it. You can see that in Matthew chapter six when he's, he's teaching on this. He's teaching about prayer and fasting. And he says, he says, when you fast, this is how you do it. See, Jesus' uh, original audience, when, when, when he was talking to the people of the day, they knew what fasting was about. They had a concept of it because they saw the religious leaders of the day practice this spiritual discipline. Unfortunately, their example was this, is that they were more interested in feeding their ego than feeding the spiritual side of them. And Jesus had to come, and he had to correct that, and he had to help the people understand really the purpose and the calling of a fast. And so Jesus reestablished this in the hearts and the minds of the people in his teaching. No longer would, would fasting be viewed as a public sign of, of your spirituality, but Jesus brought it down to say, this is a private practice of you seeking God. This is what he said, Matthew chapter 6, verse, verse 16, he says this, he says, when you fast... Do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full because they wanted to get the pats on the back. They wanted the people to see, oh, they're, they're so spiritual. Look at them. But Jesus said this. He said, 
when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I love that about Jesus, that he tells us that there is a reward in fasting. And, and that's really my heart today is to show you that there is value, there is a reward that comes with you practicing the spiritual discipline. You know, in this passage, I mean, Jesus really transforms this in the minds of the people. He, he changes their definition. And see, a lot of them, they were raised up in this Old Testament way. And when you read the Old Testament, you see that, that in the Old Testament, there was two reasons why people would fast. Number one was to avoid the wrath of God. They, they, would, they would get into this time of fasting and they would mourn and they would, they would re- have a heart of repentance towards God and they would say, God, uh, we're gonna fast so that it would change your mind. How many of you know that it wasn't the fasting that changed the heart of God, it was the heart of repentance that changed the heart of God in those moments. Another reason why people would fast would be um, because they would, they would come together and they would see some natural calamity happen like a drought or a storm. And so they would gather together and they would ask God to say, God, change this. And, and, and how many of you know that when Jesus came, Jesus came and changed all that for us? Because we don't fast to atone for our sins. We don't fast to try to have favor with God. In Christ, we have it already. In Christ, it was already accomplished. So why do we fast? We fast so that we can draw near to God, to separate ourselves for a season to seek after him. And, and we see Jesus model this out for us. And in Scripture, when Jesus fasted, I mean, that's what he did. Jesus fasted himself. And, and right before he stepped out in public ministry, he took the time to pull himself away, to focus in on the Father's heart for the mission ahead of him. Jesus fasted for wisdom and strength. And if Jesus did this, if Jesus taught us this, and if we are to follow Jesus, then ought, we ought to make this a priority in our life. We ought, we ought to make some effort to learn and see the secret of a fast and see why this was so important for Jesus, not in just in his teaching, but in his way of life. That's what we see. But when we think about this topic of fasting, we, we, we can be reluctant because we know it's going to be difficult, right? Let's not kid ourselves. It will be hard. There's going to be some tough days of saying no to our flesh. Most of us, you know, that's, that's just too extreme for us. You know, we, we don't want to sacrifice unless we know the reason. I think deep inside, we, if we knew that there was a reason behind the pain, <laughs> behind the suffering, if there was a payout, as a reward, we will make those sacrifices, right? I mean, ladies, remember, those of you who have kids, I mean, you had to endure the pain because you knew that there was going to be a child at the other end, right? Or you ever did something where you just knew that the reward, that you're going to sacrifice something good for something better? And I think that's okay. Like, that is really the fasting thing. Sometimes when we think of fasting, we think that it's a loss. We think God's trying to take something away. But what if I told you today that in fasting, God's not just taking something away, but he's going to give you something better, that you're going to gain something, not lose. How do I know this? Because we serve a God who is a rewarder of people. We see God is a giver. God likes to give. God is a, is, is, is a gracious God, and he's a good God. I mean, we just sang about that, and we've seen the goodness of God even when we didn't deserve it. I mean, God's a giver. He's not a taker. That's why Jesus said this. He says, when you fast, he says, the Father, when you fast before him, When you do it unto him, he says, he will reward you. He will reward you. See, fasting comes with the reward. And today, I just want to get that into your heart today, that there is a reward in a fast. But I know that that could be challenging sometimes for us to believe. 
I think there's times where during this fast that we're going to feel like we're like, man, this is going to be hard. I just want to give up. I don't, I don't know if I can do this. And we got to remember that if we just hold on, there is a reward on the other side. And, and even if you struggle with that, I want to tell you that when our feelings come up and when our feelings try to, to get us off course, we need to stand true to the Word of God. That's why it's important for us to have the Word of God in us as we're taking this time to fast because it's the Word of God that's going to hold us to what is true. And we don't have to be, 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 be moved by our feelings, but we stand on the word of God. That's why the Bible says this in Hebrews eleven six. 6. It says that without faith, it's impossible to please God because everyone who comes to him must believe he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I believe it because he says it. I believe it because that's what the word of God says, even when I don't feel it or understand it in the moment. But I'm going to hold on. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to stand true because that's what God says in his word. So we're not, earning, we're not doing the fast to earn favor with God. We're not, we're, we already have that through Christ. The Bible says that everything in Christ is yes and amen. We have God's favor. We have God's, God's love. We have his redemption. He, 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 he's covered us. So that's not why we fast. How, why do we fast? We, we fast for this reason. We fast to see the move of God. The move of God. We Fast to see the work of God. And how many know that if you're asking God to work and to move, the first place he's going to do that in is in you. <laughs> so many times our prayers are so outside of us and we say, God, change the situation, change that, do this, do that. But then God's like, well, I want to start with you. I want to change you. I want to do something through you. And it's through you that things are going to be changed. And sometimes we don't take time to pause and slow down enough to allow that deeper work. When I fast, it all begins with the work in me. It all, it all starts with me getting on the potter's wheel and allowing the Lord to start molding me and shaping me to how he desires. So many of us, man, we become old, crusty Christians because we've not allowed that process to happen. But during fasting, when you're denying your flesh, you open up your heart and you allow God to do that deeper work. We can make you soft again. We can start uh, putting those pieces back together, filling in those cracks that we all have. One thing about fasting too, one of the part of the reward is this, is that all of a sudden we carry this expectancy that we've never had or we haven't had in a while. Because when you're doing this and you believe this and you're holding on to it, you're looking, you're aware. You're looking at how God's moving. You're, you're, you're aware of his presence like you've never been before because you've been so distracted. And you've had so many things fill up your life. And when you start removing those things for a season, all of a sudden you just become more aware of how he's moving and when he's moving and realizing God's been moving this whole time. But I've been too preoccupied with the things of this world. And fasting kind of takes that away. So we need this practice in our lives, hopefully more than once a year. But that's the rewards of fasting. Oftentimes we miss out in, uh, of how God is wanting to move because we're too distracted in this world. I mean, we're just way too distracted nowadays. There's just way too many things that catch our attention. But fasting is a discipline for us to stay focused. Stay focused. That's why Jesus, when he taught um, in Matthew 6, he said this. He says, don't make your life all about what you eat and what you wear. Life is more than that. Seek first the kingdom of God. This is my paraphrase, but this is what he was saying. He was like, as much as you care about the material world, as much as you care about your physical body, you need to start caring about your eternal soul your spirit. You need to care. And that's what fasting does is it brings care. I mean, we're all about self-care nowadays, aren't we? Right? Treat yourself, right? Man, this is fasting is part of getting care of your soul and your spirit and, and building that part of you up because that's the eternal part. That's the eternal part. 
So that's what starts to happen as we step into a fast, is we start allowing God to do that deeper work. It's not always easy and fun, but it's so good, and, and it's what we need. But fasting will also prepare you for the work that God wants to do through you, and that's really what I want to spend the rest of my time in, is, is, is that all of a sudden as we prepare our hearts for this, then God's going to want to do work through us. So what's the first work that God wants to do through us? Well, fasting brings breakthrough. Everybody say breakthrough. 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 Oh, man, so many of us are praying for breakthrough, aren't we? We want breakthrough. Some of us have been hitting the wall. We've been frustrated. We've been broken because we want to see breakthrough. And I want to encourage you this morning is that fasting will bring breakthrough. It will bring breakthrough. Here's a story in the Bible that I think is going to be useful for us in this this idea of breakthrough and how God wants to get us in line with him. It comes from Matthew 17. You can write this down. You can read it later. I don't have time to go into all of it, but let me give you the setup. So what's happening here is that Jesus has his disciples. They've been following him for about two years at this point, and he's already let them go out and do ministry. He's already sent them out, and, and, and they were out preaching at different towns, and people were getting healed, and demons were being cast out of people when the, when the disciples were praying. So now they're part of that discipleship process where they're doing ministry with Jesus. Jesus gives them authority. They get excited. The first time they're going to be part of that. First they've been watching Jesus, now they're doing it with Jesus. I mean, you could imagine how exciting that was at that time for them. And it was during this time as Jesus was traveling through that Jesus decides that he's going to take a break and he, he goes up to the mountaintop and he takes a couple of disciples with him. He leaves the rest down below and, uh, and he's having this big moment with these disciples and then there's some disciples that are hanging out below waiting for Jesus to come back and in that time there's a father that comes and he hears about all these miracles and healings that are happening and he's got a sick son. His son is having seizures. He's, he's trying to look for answers. Nobody's got answers. Son is having suicidal behavior. I mean, it's bad. And his father's hurting and his father wants to get some help. And so he, who knows how long he traveled to get to Jesus and his crew. And so he gets there and he tells these disciples, hey, I need you to pray for my son. And, and they start to lay hands on, they start to pray, they start doing everything that they know what to do, and nothing happens. It doesn't happen the way that they're used to things happening. They're hitting a roadblock. They need a breakthrough. And they're kind of like, what's going on? Then Jesus shows up. And, uh, and as soon as Jesus shows up, man, the father runs to Jesus in desperation, and he says, this is this condition that my son's in. Your disciples, they can't do it. I need you to do it. You know, that's basically what he's saying. And you would think that at that moment, Jesus would look and he'd understand what's going on. And he'd look at his disciples and say, hey, good try, fellas. It's time for me to put some work in here. Step aside. Let me do this, right? Let me take it from here. You know, you think Jesus would be like, good guys, man. You guys tried your best. Sorry it didn't work out for you, but here I am. You would think that that's how Jesus would respond in this moment. But what I want to show you this morning, it's very interesting on how Jesus responds. It's in Matthew chapter 17, verse 17. It's going to shock you, okay? Just brace yourself. Jesus starts out, he says, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long should I stay with you? How long should I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Woo, was Jesus hangry or something, you know? What is up with our Lord and Savior at this moment, right? Like, you're just like, my goodness, they were trying. It didn't work out. What's up with you, Jesus? Well, we know Jesus wasn't being harsh. We know Jesus wasn't being mean. It's not consistent until what we read. There's gotta be something more. What's the context 
in this story. Well, Jesus says this. He, he, he's giving them and identifying the problem here. He says there's two problems. One is lack of faith, and another one is a perverse attitude. Both are the results of not trusting God and, trying, and being out of sync with him. And let me help you with that. What, is, what do you think of when you hear the word perverse? You know, I don't know what you think of, but in the Bible, when it talks about somebody being perverse, it, it defines it this way. It's somebody who is acting on their own power, on their own authority, apart from God. Uh, every time you see that in the Bible, that's what it's describing. It's people that are trying to do it their own way, with their own power, apart from God. So Jesus is saying, this is happening. You're trying to do this outside of me. So in that context, Jesus is saying that this healing is not happening because you were trying to do this apart from me and you're trying to do this in your own strength. What does that teach us this morning? Well, sometimes we can be more confident in something that has worked for us in the past. Some experiences that we know. And instead of seeking God first, and going to him and maybe just asking God for wisdom and discernment to know, God, what do you want to do now? We rely on something that we think we know from the past. We try to operate in that. I think the disciples here, I mean, think about it. They were doing ministry for a while now. They were experiencing God move in miraculous ways and supernatural ways. They must have started thinking like, man, we're pretty good at this. We got this. We got the little stuff. God can take care of the big stuff. We don't do that, do we? They were just relying on what happened in the past. The formula. Little dab would do ya, whatever, you know. We're going to sing this worship song, and that's when God's going to move. We're, we're gonna do, instead of stopping and saying, what do you want to do, and recognizing God in the moment and stop trying to do something, because this is what Jesus says. This is what he brings up, and I love that Jesus doesn't just show them the error, but he gives them a solution. Jesus says, this particular thing that you're up against, this thing that you need to break through, he says, that doesn't come out until you pray and fast. That's what he says. It's in verse 21. See, what's interesting is that the disciples, to them, that situation looked like every other situation that they were part of. They looked at it and they said, oh, this boy has seizures, this boy is sick, that must be a sickness. But guess what? It was a demon possession. It looked on the surface like something that they recognized and they knew what to do, but they didn't take time to stop and discern and ask God for wisdom on how to handle it. Jesus made a distinction. He says, this isn't the same thing that you were up against. But if you would have been in sync with me, if you would have done it with me, if you would have trusted me, if you would have prayed and stopped and, and really got yourself synced up instead of being so confident in your spiritual muscles that you would have relied on my power, you would have knew that. That's what he's teaching. That's what fasting does. Is it gets us in sync with him. It makes us stop and rely on his power. Maybe you've gone through life and you've hit some roadblocks or you've hit some things and and you kind of figured some of the things out and you're getting through and you're getting some success and you're moving some mountains and you're doing some stuff, but, you're, but you've been Christian long enough to where you're just kind of doing it without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You're, you're just doing it and not seeking the heart of God enough. You don't pray like you used to. You don't seek the heart of God over these big decisions in your life because you just figured this out and you just ask God to bless you and maybe God has a different way of going about it and you're not seeing breakthrough because of it. Fasting will help you get there. Fasting will help you get there. 
Why? Because God always operates in relationship. He wants to do this with us. He wants to guide us in it all and through it all. How do we do that? How do we get there? Jesus tells us it's by prayer and fasting. It's by prayer and fasting because when we pray and fast and we give ourselves over, that's when he's able to get us in sync with him. That we can seek and know what God wants to do in that moment. And it might not be in a thing that you've ever experienced before. That's how he moves. Because that's when we have full reliance on him. And that's all he's trying to teach us through this. When we fast and pray, we learn to put more reliance on him. That's why this food fast, I mean, man, let me tell you, anybody who's ever done a food fast, man, it's pretty intense, right? When you get those cravings, it's intense. You just, everything is just like heightened, and, and, and it's hard. It's a struggle. You feel it. You get these cravings, and they're, they're, they're really intense. But it's in those moments that you're able to pray and ask the Lord and bring in his word and stand on it so that you don't break your fast, so that you can still grow and trust God. See, it's in that moment that we build the spiritual muscle <laughs> of long-suffering and self-control because this world won't help us with that. And so that's what this does. You know, that's fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering and self-control. That's what fasting helps build those muscles so that we can be ready. You know, there was a time in my life, one of the biggest battles that I was fighting at the time in my life was in the area of sexual purity. And I knew in my heart I was getting married, and I was like, man, I don't want to bring this thing into my marriage. I've seen how much damage that did. I want to speak to some young people right now. Sometimes you think that, that marriage is going to help fix that. No, you're just going to bring that mess in there. And I was just tired of just going through the cycle, and, and I, it was like, it was hard for me. And yeah, I had accountability. I, had, I was reading good books. I had people praying for me. I was, I, all that stuff, and they're all good. But it was hard for me when I was alone. It was hard for me to, to, to work through that stuff. And it was in that season I pleaded with God. I said, God, help me work through this. Help me have that willpower and that self-control because I know, I know you can help me through it. It was in that time that God put a fast on my heart. I did a seven-day fast, no food, just water. Oh, man, it was the hardest thing. I've never fasted before. I started on that. I don't recommend that. <laughs> Start with one or two days if you can do that. But I just was so desperate, calling out to God. I said, God, help me with this. God, I need you. And I tell you what, the first couple of days as I got into it, man, it was so hard. Because let me tell you, I thought that the biggest battle for me that I faced to resist was, was, was temptation and my own sinful desire. But let me tell you that when you're fasting food, <laughs> your, your stomach is wanting to eat itself. It's wanting to survive. You get these hunger pains. And it was in that that I had to feel that. And then I, at that moment, I started to lean towards God and say, God, help me. Help me to hunger you. And what you want to do in me, like I'm hungering this food. And I had to learn that. I didn't understand that concept, but I had to practice that. And as I was learning to lean on him during those hard moments, and then what's amazing is that he would give me the strength to let this moment pass. The hunger would lift for a moment. And I'd make it through the day, and then I'd make it through another day, and I'd make it through another day. But I was getting his word, and I was depending on him, and it was like this practice that I had to learn. And at the end of my fast, I realized, I was like, God, you're in the same way that you helped me during that, I believe that as I step out here of my fast, when temptation comes, when I want to reach into the, one of these cravings of the sinful flesh of me, that I'm going to hold on to that same principles, and I'm going to lean on you and desire your word and build myself up and have resistance to say no. 
God started to build me up and set me free. Now, did that mean that the battles were over, that I never struggled? No, but it meant that next time it happened, I was stronger, and I was able to make it through because I got a breakthrough. That's the kind of breakthrough that fasting can produce in your life because it's teaching you to rely fully on him. Why am I telling you all this? Because some of you are asking God for a breakthrough in 2020. Some of you guys are asking God for a breakthrough in your relationship. Some of you guys are asking breakthrough in your marriage. Some of you guys are asking for a breakthrough in your finances. Some of you guys are asking a breakthrough for your addictions. And let me tell you that you have to, some things don't happen without fasting and praying. And here I am as a pastor, and the best thing I can do for you is to encourage you, but you got to take that step of faith and trust God. He didn't give us this and, and, and not have power behind it. And let me tell you, fasting and prayer has power of breakthrough behind it. Amen? Number two, fasting opens doors of opportunity. Some of you already know that this is a year of opportunity for you. This is a year of breakthrough. This is a year of you stepping out. This is a year of open doors. God wants to give it to you. God is a good God that wants good things, and he wants to open doors. He wants to set you up. Some of you, this is a job opportunity. Some of you, this is a career choice. This is the thing that God's going to show you. Maybe it's going to happen in July, but God is preparing you now. And he wants to show up so that he could show you that he's the one doing this. This is not in your power, your strength. It's in his because you trust in him and you depend on him. And that's what God wants to do. The best story I can come up with in this in the Bible is, is this guy named Nehemiah. Nehemiah was one of the amazing, greatest leaders in the Bible. But he didn't start out that way. He started out as a servant. He was a servant to one of the most powerful men in the time, and it was the king of Persia. And God gave him an opportunity. God showed him something, told him that you're going to be part of this thing to restore my people and restore the city of Jerusalem. I mean, it's an amazing story. If any of you guys are in leadership, that's a good character study for you. There's going to lots of great nuggets in there. But what I want to show you this morning is that in this whole thing, God, he knew what God wanted him to do. God put something on the heart. There was an open door of opportunity. And he, he could have went out and did it on his own, but he didn't. What we learned from him is that there's an opportunity that happens, and what did he do? He waited on the Lord. What did he do? He fasted and he prayed first. Some of you guys need to fast and pray before you step out in an opportunity God has before you. This is what Nehemiah did, Nehemiah 1.4. It says, when I heard these things, I sat down and I wept for some days. I mourned and fasted and prayed before God in heaven. He fasted and he prayed first. He said, God, I'm not going to do anything until you tell me. I'm not going to step out on my own. I want you to tell me when to do it, how to do it. What's interesting is that he ends up fasting for four months, waiting on God's timing, waiting for God to do something because he knew that he had to go to this king and he had to ask this king permission for him to leave his job for as long as it took to go over to, to his hometown, his home country, which was far away from where he was at, and say, I gotta be about that. If the king wasn't pleased, he knew it but he waited on God. And in four months after God opened up the opportunity and God's timing, he goes to the king. And not only does the king let him go, but the king gives him resources, gives him authority, and gives him people to get the job done. This king didn't even care about these people until Nehemiah came to him, right? See, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says this, is that the heart of the leader is in the Lord's hand. He directs them like a river's current. He decides which way to go. Who changes the heart of the leader? But God does. God does. And so Nehemiah, he didn't understand, but he waited because God was setting him up for this opportunity. 
and you should know the rest of the story. You should read it. It's really good. What if this time of prayer and fasting, what if God's giving you an opportunity, but he wants you to prepare the next three weeks so you can prepare yourself for what's ahead of you this year, and maybe God wants to do the setup for you. I kind of believe he does. I kind of believe that that's what God does. I, I read it in scripture. Why couldn't it be today? Amen? But God gave him supernatural favor because he sought supernatural wisdom. And let me tell you, when you bring wisdom into your career choice, when you bring God's wisdom into your opportunities, you're going to get favor. Supernatural favor. Number three, fasting brings a new season of ministry. Fasting brings a new season of ministry. It never fails. I read through the Bible and I see these people that they take this time to pull away, prepare their hearts, and God always sets them up for the next thing. Moses fasted before he received the Ten Commandments. Jesus fasted before he stepped out in public ministry. Paul fasted before each of his missionary journeys. And see, here's the thing. God's heart is for every single one of us to partake in his ministry. It's not about me or our staff. You know what my job is? My job is to equip you for the work of the ministry and to build up this church. See, God has a ministry for each one of you, both personally and within this church. Some of you guys have been sitting for a long time. Some of you guys have these amazing gifts that you have not brought in. Because why? What's stopping you? I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. I got this flaw. Uh, I got this thing in my life that, you know, I'm still trying to work out. Do you know that fasting and praying is going to work those things out? You know, if you really fast and prayed that God could do that deep work, when you set that time for him, when you allow him to do that deep work, he will prepare you. And you just got to focus on that, and then he will open up the door. He will set you up, and he will open the door for the new season. And the last one's this, because I'm running out of time. I hope this helps somebody today. God wants to give, this is my favorite one. God wants to give you spiritual victory. Fasting gives us spiritual insight, and it defeats the enemy. We see this in the story of Daniel. Now, we're doing a reading plan. I hope you guys all jump on that. Got a bookmark. Today's Daniel chapter 10. So I'm going to bring up Daniel chapter 10. It's an interesting thing, because God gives this man a vision, and it's troubling. He's like, he gets this vision, and he doesn't know what to do with it. I mean, it's, it's, not, a, it's, it's, it's not about a good thing. He, he, he sees war. He sees the future. He sees calamity, and he's troubled by it, and he doesn't know what to do. And what I love about Daniel is that he doesn't just keep it to himself, but he brings it before God, and he starts to fast and pray over that vision that he got. It says here, it says, on the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel. It was a message. Its message was true and concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. It says, at the time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks, 21 days. I ate no choice food, no meat, no wine touched my lips, and I had no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. So he didn't know what to do. He sought God. He fasted. He prayed. And then he felt this heaviness over it all. There's some warfare. Has God ever done that to you? Have you ever experienced that? Where, where you just sense that something's coming and maybe it's not good? You just, you're aware of something that's like, man, I, I, 
I don't know what to do with this. I just know that God has shown me something. He's revealed something to me. And, and, it's, it, and I got to tell somebody or I got to prepare, but I don't know how to start. And you need to sense like opposition over it, just a heaviness. That's spiritual warfare. And that's what Daniel's going through. And he waits, and he fasts, and he prays, and he's, and he's getting rid of stuff in his life that's, look, that's a luxury, and, and, and he's setting himself apart, and he's asking God, and he's praying. And after the fast is over, days after it's over, he's still waiting on God, and then God finally comes through. God finally shows up and gives him this message. And he sends his angel to him. I think it's interesting. Because when the angel comes... It's something important, and I think some of you guys need to hear this today. It's in verse 12, Daniel 10, verse 12. He comes to Daniel, and he says, don't be afraid. He says, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding, to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. What day? The first day. Daniel didn't know. Daniel didn't understand. He was, just being, he was just seeking God. But it was on the first day that he set himself apart and started to fast and pray. God says, I heard that prayer. I was working. Some of you guys, you're going through this fast. You're like, man, I don't see anything working, happening. I don't see the breakthrough yet. I, I don't know what's going to happen. It might happen later on this year. But let me tell you, when you set yourself apart, when you bring it before God, God says, on the first day, I heard it. With the first word that you said out of your mouth, I knew it. And he says, I've been trying to get to you. And the, and the angel tells him, he's like, he's like, I was trying to come to you, but there was, there was a spiritual forces. I love this because it gives us insight on the spiritual world and how it works. And he says that there's a prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief priests, one of the archangels came to help me. And I was detained there in the king of, with the king of Persia. Now I've come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. There's a lot there. I, I'd love to teach all that. This is so rich. But what I want you to hear today is that when we're talking about breakthroughs, when we're talking about opportunities, when we're talking about stepping into ministry, guess what, friends? There's going to be opposition. There's going to be warfare. You better expect it. Because the enemy doesn't want you to have breakthrough. The enemy doesn't want you to step out in your ministry, in your calling. The enemy doesn't want none of this to happen. He doesn't want you to get serious about your faith. He doesn't want you to get away and get focused with God. So he's going to bring opposition. He's going to bring spiritual warfare. How will you prepare for that? How will you prepare for that? With fasting and praying. We're preparing our spiritual man to build ourselves up, to trust in God, to depend on him, to have full reliance on him, to trust him with the discernment and wisdom that he'll give us as we seek his face. I love that. I love that idea because God heard us. God hears us. And he wants to work in our life. And the enemy will be defeated. The enemy will be defeated. The enemy knew how important this message was to get to Daniel because he knew once Daniel got this message, man, it was going to change the lives of many people. You know, I think the enemy sees you as a threat. He better, right? And he knows that what you're going to do in your life, it's going to not just affect you in this fast. It will not only affect your life, but it's going to affect the life of your spouse. It's going to affect the life of your children. It's going to affect the life of your coworkers. It's going to affect the life of this church. That's why I'm calling us to a fast. That's why I'm asking you to, to jump in, try this out, step in, have faith and trust God. So where do we start? Where do we go from here? Well, we got to start with just asking the Lord, seeking him. So can we do that this morning? Can we just...
close out together. If you can stand on your feet, if you can take a moment to stand, and we're gonna pray. As your pastor, I kind of have a favor to ask <laughs> in your time of fasting. Here's the thing. I, I've been carrying this burden for a couple of months now. That I, I mean, every year is exciting. Every year I feel like God's doing great things, and he clearly has. If you're new here, this is your, you came to this church this year. Can you raise your hand real quick? Praise God. Praise God. I'm thankful for you. Yeah, God brought you here. You're new here. Because I felt that last year. I was like, I was praying for, for people, God to bring people that are going to be like-minded, share the vision, feel like this is home, and we would add people. So, so you're, you're an answered prayer from my last fast last year. I just want you to know that. But the last couple of months, I just felt in my heart that God was saying that there's going to be an opportunity for our church this year for something different, something new, and something big. I got to be honest with you, that terrifies me a bit. <laughs> and God's like, it's not just going to be you. You're not having to shoulder this on your own. You got an army of people around you. And then there was some prophetic visions that somebody had a couple of weeks ago that God was saying that he's put, pulling everybody's bootstraps and tying their boots that there was gonna be like a, 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 a group of people here that are gonna be soldiers and they're gonna step up. It's pretty amazing what God's been showing a lot of you guys. You've been sharing it with me, it's amazing. But I just felt like God was saying, there's gonna be an opportunity here this year and, and I wanna be ready. And so I wanna ask you during this season of fasting and praying, will you pray that God will give us wisdom and discernment so that when those opportunities come, we'll know the right one and we'll know when to do it, how to do it in God's way. Can you do that for me? Can you pray? Can you put that on your list? Now, I think there's a bunch of things that we could pray for, we could fast for. Women, I'm fasting and praying for your retreat next month. I think it's gonna change. I mean, the men had an amazing retreat. I think God's gonna do something great for this year for our women as well because he's preparing us for something bigger. So let's pray. If you could just close your eyes and bow your heads. And I, I just ask you to do this so that there's no distractions and you can just hear the still small voice of our Father who loves you dearly, who brought you here to hear this message and this time because he wants to get you ready for something greater. So my question this morning is, will you let go of something good for something better? What in your life? Ask the Lord, say, what kind of fast should I do? What do I need to let go of for the next 21 days? And with that, I'm gonna dedicate more time with you, more time in your word. And I'm gonna do the hard job of getting on that potter's wheel and allow you to get in those places, God, that are sensitive, that are, that are hard, but Lord, I know they're gonna be so good for me. Father, I ask right now for my friends, you hear their hearts, you know where they're at, they got big plans. I pray a protection over those plans. I pray a protection over the words spoken over them. Pray against the enemy that would try to come and distract, throw seeds of doubt or fear. We pray against that in Jesus' name. And we're asking for faith to rise up, courage to stand, to move forward, to trust you, and to take this season to set themselves apart, to hear from you. I thank you, God. You're so good. We ask you all these things in the glorious name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, God bless you. We have some, uh, some resources out in the lobby if you want to learn more about fasting or you can come contact one of us pastors on our website. But we love you guys. Have a wonderful week. 
and I will be going for the Hawks today, so you got me on your corner. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got more faith than a lot of you guys about the Seahawks, but it's okay. All right. See you guys next week. <laughs>